Spooky October, friends. I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where, like the neighborhood stray, I climb up a tree and then complain until you get me down. That's right. Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. That's what we do here. It is my slim niche. It is my tight conceit. Uh, Wow, those Tinder profiles just write themselves these days. It is almost Halloween, which is why I thought of that a very queer holiday, I think, for a variety of reasons. When else do we get to publicly play with our identity and uh, potentially dress up like slutty Super Mario characters? There aren't Many other occasions. I can think of a few. Christenings come to mind. I (laughs) am known sort of amongst my group of friends as having a history of wearing inscrutable Halloween costumes, even by people who know me very well. Uh, No one can guess what I am. That sounds like it might be fun, like I'm inviting a guess. That's not what this is. It's something that I think will translate. No one knows what it is. I don't want to explain it because uh, I'm kind of a quiet person sometimes in big social gatherings. So what happens is people constantly have to ask me what I am. I kind of resent them for it. I wish I wasn't wearing the costume. They feel alienated because they've been invited to participate in a game that I did not want to play. And neither did they, to be honest. And everyone loses. Some examples of these costumes include, I like Tintin, you know, a bit problematic in certain installments of Tintin, but not always. I dressed up like Tintin in Tibet, but I thought it was too obvious. So I was zombie Tintin in Tibet, and I made a dead, snowy stuffed animal that's his dog. So I, I, was, I was wearing a hoodie and a backpack and a toque and holding a dead dog. And didn't understand why no one knew who I was and why they weren't having fun around me. Another one was James and the Giant Peach, but I thought that's too obvious. So I made a giant paper mache fish, a perch, do you see where I'm going with this? And became James and the Giant Perch. No one knew what was going on. I was in like a British schoolboy outfit holding an enormous fish. It doesn't make sense. I got tired of explaining it, so I lost the fish And then I was just in a schoolboy uniform, which translated to something pretty pervy, which I really wasn't ready to handle at that particular party. It went really south, possibly worst of all, or best of all, depends which side of the room you're sitting on, was dressing up like my friend Laska's father. Laska, hey Laska, her father uh, is a sound engineer and... In one particular time in his life, was a sound engineer for a documentary about Olympic skiers. He skied down the hill behind the Olympic skiers with a boom mic to record the snowy swish of their skis. So I was wearing uh, snow pants with a big, chunky, sort of 70s sweater and a toque. Again, these were always toque-based costumes, holding a boom mic, but I didn't have a boom mic, so it was a broom with uh, some sort of attachment at the end covered in black socks to look like a boom mic. No one knew who I was, including Laska, including the child of my inspiration. Why do I do this to myself? It seems 
the, the seed of it is, I would like to be creative. I would like to do something new. Start a conversation. Have some fun. Uh, I don't want to follow through with it. So by the time you enter the picture, I'm already annoyed. And any attempt you make to participate in this costume will infuriate me. And uh, I resent both myself and you, which is also kind of the way I move through life. So happy Halloween <laughs> is what I'm getting at. Will it even be a thing this year? Do you have a costume planned? What are you going to dress up as? Are you going to wear one of the pantsuits from Kylie Minogue's Infinite Disco YouTube concert? Because right now that's what I'm thinking of. I know everyone is thinking of Squid Game tracksuits and Squid Game hazmat onesies. And you could go there. But if we're all doing that, are we not just... Is Squid Game real? Is That's my question. If... 3,000 or more are gathered in Squid Game's name. Does Squid Game start? And what's the jackpot like? I'm already scared. I'm already interested. Sign me up. So anyway, let's move on. My guest today is A.K. McKellar. Wait a minute. You're saying that name sounds familiar. And I'm saying, yes, maybe you know this name for a few reasons. One, you are a You Made Me Queer super fan. Do you exist? If so, I'm very charmed because A.K. McKellar was, in fact, my guest for a live-ish YouTube episode I did through Sonar Network when I just started my second season in August. So you may have heard that episode live on Sonar Network's YouTube channel. It's also on my YouTube channel now, but I think there's enough of you out there who haven't seen it or heard it in either context that this would be a fun one to release now because I really loved talking with AK. They were fascinating. They were funny. They have a very interesting story, very interesting business they run. I'd been a fan uh, before I approached them to be in the podcast. And I think you're really going to enjoy hearing their stories of queer retribution. And if you saw the conversation originally when it aired on YouTube, it's been a few months now. A lot's happened in the world. You've probably forgotten most of what we talked about, so it's going to be fresh. You turn that goldfish brain towards the positive, just like I do every morning when I wake up in an unfamiliar place, confused, a little bit angry, and uh, dressed like a problematic comic book character from Belgium. Anyway, I'm not going to introduce AK now because I introduce AK in the conversation. I do my whole intro on the conversation. I'm not doing any of that now. I don't want you to get it twice. So let's go straight to it. And I really hope you enjoy for the first or the second time or the third, if you're real hungry, my conversation with the one, the only, A.K. McKellar. You made me queer. Hello, I am Trevor Campbell and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where Queer people pretend it's Sunday and take you to church. And by church, I mean a Korean restaurant with a competitively priced lunch special. That's right. Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. How exciting to be here with you together on YouTube uh, doing another live episode of You Made Me Queer. This is my second live episode. Live episode, I'm doing air quotes if you're listening to this in audio format only because we are uh, digital. We're not in a room together eating popcorn and trying to look over the tall person in front of us. However, the last live episode I did was uh, in June 
from Glad Day Bookshop, a pretty queer place, with special guest Hana Shafi. Lovely Hana, Hana like honey. But today I'm coming at you live from my basement apartment, uh, which I'm about to move out of. You can't see the basement behind me because uh, I have a drop cloth, a sort of polar fleece, dirty drop cloth. But behind it is incredible architecture, uh, skylights which in a basement apartment would be super weird and awkward. It's a beautiful space, but I'm moving up in the world. And by up, I mean out of the ground, out of a tomb, basically. Uh, But doing a podcast live is extra fun. I'm very excited because you can uh, watch us maybe make mistakes. Maybe something very embarrassing happens. I hurt myself. I sprain a a finger. Uh, You can watch me battle with my low-grade speech impediment, which you may have already heard, which I think, undiagnosed, is caused by that little thing underneath my tongue, which connects a bit too far towards the end. So it's sometimes hard to say certain things. Funny story, actually. Uh, I once had a dental hygienist ask me to stick out my tongue during an appointment, and I did. And then the dental hygienist said, please stick out your tongue. And I said, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. This is as, this is as far as it goes. And she laughed. Um, and that's why I had to develop a winning personality. Just kidding. I'm also great with my hands. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Family show, right? Family-ish show. It's after 8 p.m., So I figure anything goes, right? I can make lewd jokes. Also, it's my show. So if you don't like it, close the window. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't go. Um, Disclaimer, anything goes. I love that. Look at what StreamYard can do. The, The future is now. Anyway, even though I'm coming at you live from the basement, I'm very excited. We have a very, very exciting show for you. I use we in the royal sense. Because I'm a king, but also because uh, I'm here supported by the lovely folks at Sonar Network. Sonar, who now distribute my podcast. I love them. They are great. Uh, The end for now. Uh, But also, this is going to be a great show because I thrive in a crisis environment, in a live environment. I have real theater training, much to the chagrin of my entire family. Uh, True story, actually. I went to music theater school. And one time, my late grandma Peggy, props pegs, uh, brought me a hat she found in her basement, uh, like a weird straw hat. And she said, I thought you could use this at school because she thought this was college. She thought this, you know, we just like put on costumes and ran around uh, and, and made up stories together, which in her defense is actually not terribly far off. I mean, look, I'm still in a basement. So who's who's laughing now, Grandma Peggy? <clears throat> Let's move on. My guest today, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm a longtime fan of this person. My guest today is A.K. McKellar. Do you know A.K.? Do you know Free to Move? If you don't and you don't, what's wrong with you? Let's learn a little more about A.K. before we meet A.K. A.K. is the founder of Free to Move, a passionate queer and non-binary entrepreneur, speaker, and chronic illness advocate. I'm assuming not an advocate of chronic illnesses, 
but an advocate for people with chronic illness. We'll find out soon. Exciting, isn't it? AK is a certified personal trainer and fitness coach with a passion for inclusive movement. Like the gesture I just did. They know firsthand how alienating the world of fitness can be. I get that. Uh, I was an unathletic child and have always felt slightly uncomfortable and sexually charged by a exercise experience. Anyway, this led them to create Freedom Move, uh, a fantastic place of communi- community. Look, mistakes only in live theater. Community building, inclusivity, and uh, a radical non-diet wellness space for LGBTQ plus people. I could tell you more about them. But why not just hear it from themselves? So, without further ado, please put your sweet little digital hands together for the one, the only, A.K. McKellar! Hello! Oh my Hi. goodness! What an intro! I mean, amazing. It's, that's one word for it. I was sitting over here honestly laughing out loud. <laughs> I, and I'm already tired. So this, we've got a problem. Um, (laughs) This is great. Welcome. Thank you for coming to You Made Me Queer. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And you're broadcasting live all the way from British Columbia. Uh, Recent transplant to Vancouver. So, so far, so good. Great. I want to hear all about it. One thing I want to say, too, is I, as I said, I'm a big fan, legit big fan. Uh, And I think, actually our projects have a lot in common. So I just want to do a quick little values check to make sure we align the way I think we align. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay, you can like true or false me. Okay. So true or false. Both of our projects are created for and by queer people. True. Love it. Both of our projects are about community building and inclusivity. Also true. Okay. Uh, Both of our projects want people to feel capable, strong, and empowered. Yes, true. This is going so well. Both of our (laughs) projects are built around the core principles of red-hot queer rage and retribution with no statute of limitations. Yeah. Fully true, fully accurate. Oh, really? You're (laughs) rage-based too. Yeah, we encourage it. (laughs) Air punches in class. (laughs) <laughs> good all good things grow from rage so uh so yeah how's that going how's the transplant uh to um, vancouver sorry i didn't explain that properly <laughs> how was your transplant okay. yeah it happened a month ago and uh i mean it's been just like a lot of moving a lot of apartment hunting stress um the the Vancouver rental market is red hot, as is the purchasing market. Not that I'm in that at all. Um, But overall, we are loving it. So you found a place? You've rented something? It was very stressful, though, because we were looking for a place and we have a dog. And even though everybody has a dog here, nobody wants to rent to someone with a dog. Oh, really? Yeah. So So did you admit to the dog or was it like a... Like, um, you have a big trench coat with the dog under it. <laughs> well, it's a little strict, more strict here. So you have to own up to the fact that you have a dog, but you really, 
you know, upsell their qualities. Oh, they never bark. They're own, honestly so well behaved. You just, they just sleep all day and you never <laughs> hear them and they don't do anything. They're just so cute. And they only weigh 30 pounds. <laughs> right, right. So on. <laughs> they don't shed. And like, because no. this is a safe, confidential space, are any of those things true about your dog? It's like, they're all like 70% true. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, that's, you know, that's close enough. It's like rounding up. You have to do it. Yeah. And the and they're they're aspirational qualities. Your dog can grow to become that dog. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe. Well, congrats <laughs> on your place. And British Columbia is beautiful. Yeah, we are loving it. Little tough with um, the wildfires this summer, um, but Vancouver hasn't been too terribly hit, so that's great. Well, that's real good. And, uh, and I mean, the the whole world is burning down as we speak. Truly. So why not yeah. like, um, you know, jump the line? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Good for you. Had you spent a lot of time in Vancouver or British Columbia even before? Um, I visited probably like half a dozen times. And we came out to Vancouver last early fall in a very small window of COVID relative safety to come here, visit a few places, see if we can imagine our lives here and then decide to move across the country for it. Um, so that was a real scouting mission and we did, we loved it. And then we decided to pack up our whole life and ship it across the country. Oh my God. Why not? I guess everything, I mean, you, you had that business sort of booming and free to move, but because it was so, digital and virtual by that point i guess it was mm -hmm. like, now's the time exactly yes and people on the west coast love fitness oh yeah i mean it's a, it's a little bit of a different market but overall having an online business you can connect with people from anywhere which i love yes how is it different like i'll i'll say i lived in san francisco briefly i've spent some time in vancouver but that's most of my west coast uh thing mm -hmm. and maybe because it's hilly but I think Vancouver's hilly. I felt like everyone was a bit fitter, and they certainly had the butts uh, to cash that to <laughs> to validate that check. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that would be true. West Coast butts. Yeah, that we love that. Um, <laughs> the hiking culture is strong here. I will say, um, but I find like I don't know. I think because people are more outdoorsy, they're more likely to have gotten outside with friends or done that stuff a little bit more. There's a bit of a higher just um, knowledge level when it comes to movement and mm. different outdoor stuff and strength training than in Toronto, I found. But um, still, it's still relatively similar. That sounds good, though. Yeah, I know what you mean. We're pretty city slug here, I guess, in Toronto. But and you and the nature, I feel like. Uh, like I went to Vancouver last time I was there was last February, just pre-COVID. And there was a legit palm tree in February. Oh, yeah. That to I did not expect. There are palm trees here. Yeah. Um, also, the, the number one biggest life difference that I've noticed about Vancouver, we have a car. Here we had a car in Toronto. Okay. You can get anywhere here in like 15, 20 minutes by car. You can get to the mountains so pretty much, maybe 20, 25. You can get out of the city so fast. I drove my partner to the airport this morning 
15 minutes to Come get there. On. You can't get anywhere in Toronto in 15 minutes. Like you Not can a- get two blocks, maybe two subway stops away in your car. Honestly, to cross the city, even during COVID, when, you know, it's cities have been abandoned, it's like 45 yeah. minutes. <laughs> so we're well, shocked. We're saving so much time. The efficiency is next level. It's great. This is perfect. So I think this is the perfect segue because already you're getting mad. I can tell, which I want to leverage. Um, I love that heat, but also talking about efficiency and being, you know, a smarter adult self who can uh, enact justice. Which is why we're here, because AK, you and I know now, um, but we didn't know when we were impressionable, uh, sort of malleable lumps of clay that almost anything can make you queer. Mm -hmm. And so we were there, you know, wandering out into the wilderness, um, picking and eating mushrooms, uh, touching especially uh, like purple or orange colored butterflies, all the things that we know now through science can make you a queer person. Yes. But we didn't know. You you see, you know this. You know, as if I'm trying to teach you about nature, you live in Vancouver. (laughs) But you know this now, and that's why I brought you here today, because now that we are fully formed uh, adult entrepreneurs, one might say, we have the authority and the confidence to point the finger of blame at everything we're pissed as hell about. So I want to know, once and for all, in front of the internet masses, A.K. McKellar, who and or what made you queer? Okay. I have been reflecting on this question for a little bit since we connected. <laughs> and, you know, I thought, okay, what what... What am I going to say here? What's what's the ultimate answer for what made me queer? Was it the competitive, highly transferable into into gay sports? So, for example, I was a very competitive hockey player and soccer player, and you know, Team Canada and either of those women's sports will tell you that basically everybody's gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. in those sports okay number one or was it the single sex education where I was surrounded by only women between the ages of 12 and 18 in school Mm, neither of those two things it's not either of those it's not it's not that oh god those might be little baby roots but what truly made me queer and I have to tell you in a story form. So it's not going to be just a little hashtag. Please okay. take the time. Paint the picture. So first year university, first semester of the year, I am in this class called Bible and Western Culture. Was this not, a religious university or just a religious no, class? No, it's okay. McGill. <laughs> oh, God. Godless people. <laughs> <laughs> I think I took it because somebody said it was easy and my friends were in it. The only reasons you do anything in first year. Um, (laughs) And I couldn't tell you what exact point in the year this was, but I was sitting in class and on my laptop and this stranger sat down beside me and starts talking to me. And the first thing they say is, oh my gosh, I like your screensaver. My screensaver is a collage of Tegan and Sarah. (laughs) That, that's 
Okay, go on. Uh, That's the equivalent of like shooting off like a rainbow firework inside a building. At this time (laughs) in my life, I did not identify as gay or queer. And I didn't even really have the little like seedlings of being like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a baby gay. Right. You like them for the music and the bass. I just, I just really like their art. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. They're, they're Canadian legends, but as you were going. What's not to love? Um, so this person proceeds to talk to me and they're going on about Tegan and Sarah to start. And then they switch topics to talking about the L word. And they're, they're talking to me as if I am like a card carrying member certified queer. And you didn't I'm identify in this way at all. I had never even heard of the L word. So, <laughs> and you know what? That's Okay. That's okay. No offense to the L word, not TV's masterwork. But when they, okay, so Tegan and Sarah, you said, okay, yeah, everyone likes Tegan and Sarah. They're pretty mainstream, but L word is a niche queer hit. So were you like, oh, they've misunderstood. They think I'm a queer person. No, I was just like. Or it still didn't register. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And they were talking about bet. Like they were talking, they were going full (laughs) I think I was just nodding along like yeah yeah definitely like just going with it and um after that conversation I immediately went back to my dorm room googled what the l word was and then watched the entire show you know in the dark in my room over like a few days to weeks Mm -hmm. and had my own little queer awakening wow but it gets even better because that stranger who is sitting next to me, Stop I it. recognize them. Oh, from... I thought you said, sorry. I thought you were saying that stranger is sitting next to me and then they <laughs> poke their head in the frame and it's your partner. No. <laughs> that would be the Way most. different. Oh my gosh, okay. that would be amazing. Okay, um, sorry. Go on. No. The stranger who was sitting next to me in class that day, I recognized her from being a contestant on Canada's Next Top Model. <laughs> so a You're making this whole story up. <laughs> Keep going. From Canada's Next Top Model, her name's Tia, made me queer. Oh my God. Okay, so there's so much here. So yeah, so Tia was the, the messenger who basically like slipped all the the... the I don't want to call it poison because it's tastier. Sugared, sugared, whatever. <laughs> the honey trap into your uh, <laughs> porridge. What? What is this metaphor? So this person, it was a person. Yeah. But were you, was there any, it's not like they were, well, obviously they, they were hitting on you, right? Oh, I don't know. Nothing I, ever I would, happened? I had, did not have that awareness at the time. Nothing ever happened. I don't even know if I ever saw her in class again. <laughs> she just dropped in from the ceiling, full makeup, little... told you these things. <laughs> oh my my queer little fairy godmother came in to Bible and Western culture, dropped this queer awakening bomb, oh and then God. just disappeared into the abyss. And then I love that too, because then you had to go back to Bible and Western cultures, like <laughs> emphasis on the Bible, and be like, I just realized... Uh, I want to make out with Shane from the L word <laughs> yeah, right. or whatever. That's the Pretty almost much. the extent of my L word reference. And then what, like that's, a, and then you had to reckon with it on your own. Yeah, I know. Tia should have been there, but. <laughs> Tia, Tia, you had unfinished work. <laughs> yeah, it was. So how did that go? Was that messy? Um, 
Well, it was kind of funny. It was a bit comical um, because um, every day I would basically race home from class and go into my dorm room. And I, I don't, I wouldn't turn the lights on. I had my own dorm room, little tiny little box room and just sit there and be streaming the L word. And my friends would like come in my room and they'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching the L word go away. (laughs) (laughs) I can't explain it to you. The story doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I was just like, and they would be like, okay. And then leave. And then got to this point where be like, Oh, you're, you're such a lesbian. I'd be like, no, I'm not. I just like the show. But like, come on. Said, said no one ever. No (laughs) one. one Yeah. No one's like, but the L word, I'm here for the cinematography. Right. Yeah. So you hadn't, you plowed through the L word to use probably the appropriate verb for that. (laughs) And then you still weren't sure that had anything to do with your sexuality. What did you do during the sex scenes? <laughs> drink a tall, <laughs> tall drink of ice water. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I just, what, I was in awe, I think. I yeah, like, okay. Yeah. How? Where? Who? Right. Um, I think I wasn't ready to admit it to myself yet for a little bit, or I'm definitely not ready to admit it outwardly to you know, friends or, and relatively new friends, you know, this is still first year in a dorm. Um, Oh, and what a pivotal time where like you are trying to not only figure out your own identity, but assert that identity. I've talked to people who are like first year university, because there are so many people at once. You kind of have to, it's almost like you're in a reality show. You have to find your shtick to be Mm -hmm. remembered. And it's like, oh, you're the person with the braces or like you're the one who loves rhythmic gymnastics or whatever. So like you have your thing and you have to know what that is quick. Does that make sense? So you had to like to to be learning about yourself at the same time complicates the branding. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do a full rebrand. That's right. A new logo and everything. God damn it. Yeah. So it was, it was a messy time, like inward, I think, but, um, outward, it was just the first year university messy with lots of fun in Montreal. Um, a little bit of class and like, you know, figuring out your identity and who you are and who you want to be. Yeah. Did it go? So when did that transition? And I still want to go back to lady sports and lady school but we can come to that or like whatever but also when did l word when did you know people through the screen screen transition to something more i think i was you know after a little bit of watching this was like why why do i enjoy this so much why does it make so much sense to me and at the same time i I had a boyfriend, like a first year boyfriend, um, who I felt always conflicted because I was wanted male attention, Mm. but I, when I got it, I was like not interested in it anymore. Um, so I was like making sense of that and this boyfriend that I wasn't really interested in that poor guy. In, yeah. in so many ways <laughs> sorry yeah <laughs> and who, then who is uh, who is listening please welcome into the <laughs> oh my god that's yeah like and your Polvich. ex-boyfriend join yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more Povich version of the show you made me queen. 
You Made Me Queer will be right back. And now, back to more You Made Me Queer. You Made Me Queer! Yeah, so contending with all of that and then a a layer of, like, you know, homophobia that's just internalized from growing up and mm-hmm. figuring yourself out once you've left. I grew up in Toronto, so I left my hometown and friends and family and was in this new place and it was exciting but also scary and all of those things at once so like uh-huh. adding another big identity shift felt difficult and scary and something that I like kept quiet and close to myself for the whole basically the whole year in first wow, year okay. yeah and mm-hmm. you at this point how many seasons of the l word what like was the show wrapped or was it still it was wrapped last? yeah okay so you yeah. finished it. Yeah. You were ready in like a month, to... like okay. quickly, like maybe six weeks. You know? okay. Wow. Yeah. You crushed it. That's funny because part of my, and I think this is true for a lot of queer people or people who were part of a smaller group that they couldn't find in their real lives connected to the secret part of me through TV. Uh, for a lot of us, it was problematic TV. So for me, it was queer as folk. First, the British version, then the uh, U.S. version, which was filmed in Toronto, actually. But a weird, like, because for me, watching that show, I was like, oh, cool, queer people being themselves. And that felt really empowering. But also, a lot of it was kind of trauma-based in a way that I was like, ooh, these lives seem really fraught. And Mm. also in a way where, like, I still couldn't, I could identify with some ideas of it, but not not really like in a whole fashion so did you feel was there a place for you in the l word universe Hmm, i think that's hard to say i don't think i saw myself truly in any of the characters Mm -hmm. but it finally felt like understanding my identity in a way that i hadn't before because i couldn't understand why I was like, you know, I've had these boyfriends, but I'm just not that into interested in them. What <laughs> yeah. is that? You know? And then watching this and almost being like, I, how did I not know? And yeah. it being a whole sort of like mind blown. It's weird. Hey, and then what was that? If I may ask, what was that conversation like with the boyfriend when the penny had really dropped Did you, was that a breakup that involved and the L word season two, blah, blah, blah. Or were you just like, it's not working out? No, I was, oh, I, oh, I'm to say. I mean. My breakups with like these, you know, short-lived boyfriends were always just like so terrible on my part being like, I'm not interested anymore. Gotta go. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And them being like, what? (laughs) <laughs> what just happened but you know inside there was so much happening I couldn't verbalize I couldn't make sense of I couldn't I hadn't told anyone really what I was going through so mm-hmm. um it was just sort of like okay bye to you and and like I'm getting out of here as fast as I can right, that makes sense yeah because there's so much unspoken like you said it sort of almost feels like survival to get out of mm-hmm. those situations but I don't have a glass in front of me, but let's take a moment to um, to raise our glass to because we always raise focus on the, you know, the queer person's exodus story, which is great when it's like, I found me, got to go. But all those really well-meaning 
uh, often straight partners who just get totally ghosted out. Yep. So here you go. Here's to you, to all of you. My last girlfriend uh, named Kristen. This was in a coal town in Ohio. Yes, love straight people. Love that little thing. We do, we do. Um, I lived in on the Ohio River in a coal town, which is a separate story. Um, and my last girlfriend was in grade 11. Her name was Kristen. She had a cool mom. Her, her mom's words. She was the one of the ones who was always like, I'm a cool mom. Do you guys smoke? You can smoke around me. And I'd be like, what? I'm 16. All I do is play video games. I don't smoke. <laughs> But she'd be like, do you want to drive the minivan? Come on. I'm a cool mom. Oh I know. And then, uh, and then I broke up with her daughter, and I think she was pretty upset. And it was only after a few weeks. I told her I was – I used the term gay at the time. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, this isn't going well. So I was like, maybe I'm not sure. I'll let you know. And I think that's where we left it. <laughs> Did you ever let her know? <laughs> no, I should probably, I should probably, you know, I'm going to reach out to her. Be like, hey, it's been about, I would say, 21 years. Uh, I'm assuming you're still maybe waiting for me to come back. <laughs> I'm still, in fact, queer. And now I don't live in your country anymore. Good. Like tying up loose ends. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what this is about. You call it um, uh, closure. I call it revenge. <laughs> <laughs> So you did that. That was first year. That yeah. was like the the big start of the next chapter. And then mm -hmm. were you full blown or like, were there other sort of queer eureka moments in your journey? Um, there weren't eureka moments in that way. There was definitely some like, um, dramatic coming out moments but um, that was the real like eureka moment in Bible and Western culture class. <laughs> I list, you know, there was definitely queer undertones happening through like childhood and, and adolescence. But, you know, that was the catalyst. And then the coming out was sort of like sporadic after that. I'll it's say so delicious. I love that because the bake is long. But yeah. then when you know, when that it's ready, when that heat starts going, um, wow, I'm really, I'm really being illustrative with my metaphors tonight. <laughs> also, I need to go back to, and we don't have to spend a long time in them, but this, this same sex school you've talked about, which in my mind is like a sexy Hogwarts. Were you playing field hockey? Were you there was kill? field hockey, but I didn't play it. <laughs> okay, you just, you just watch with binoculars <laughs> from <laughs> from a tree. Yeah. Um... Where was so, the school? It's in Toronto. Okay. Uh, it's a girls' private school. And it is also the, well, rumor has it, I can't remember what this movie is called. I'm, I'm like racking my brain right now. But there is a movie about, I think like Piper Parabo is in it. Sure. Um, about From, uh, oh, what was she in? From Coyote Ugly? Yeah. And um, I mean, that's Marissa a from the OC. Oh, these are deep cuts. Great. I have the worst memory and I can never remember people's names. So I have to use these like riddle style. Right. <laughs> Misha Barton, that's her name. Okay. Um, that is filmed and it's like an all girls school and it's supposed to be based on a story that happened at the girls school that I went to. And it's like a lesbian love story oh. from a high school, but it has a bad ending. So we won't go there. Okay. We will um, just snip out the ending, but there was like deep to use a reference that was used about Catherine Hahn, a deeply sapphic energy in that school. 
Yeah, so there was this story, but at the same time, this was when I went there, early 2000s, so like 2001 to 2009. Um, there were rules at our school that were low-key homophobic. Okay, for so, example? For example, you weren't allowed to hold hands with a classmate or link arms what? and like walk down the hallway um like here to sexualize that okay yeah and like it was always like, vaguely put under like you don't want to block the hallway but we're like <laughs> what difference does it make yeah and as as if the way you're doing it you're like linked arms five across like a snow plow just like <laughs> yeah. barreling down the hall teachers are like jumping yeah. in the lockers <laughs> being like just walked right over like no so there was <laughs> there was that and there was also this energy I'll call it that was like if there was rumors about someone that they were gay um you know it just it wasn't a good thing there was no mm. gay straight alliance there wasn't any support for queer students even queer teachers there was people that we all like assumed were gay or yeah. were lesbian or whatever but they weren't really out at school so it wasn't you know what I assume to be what it is now to be potentially in high school and right. be supported in like a gay street alliance or something like that. May I also um, ask, was this a uh, religious themed school? It it was technically Anglican. Okay. I would, They're a bit gentler. Yes. And like, to be honest, I would say most people at that school, like didn't go to church. There was lots of people who were not Christian. They were, Muslim or Jewish like it wasn't a, a strong part of the identity there so it wasn't based on religion gotcha okay yeah just weird sort of baked in uh homophobic things as you know as people were wont to do at the time yeah yeah but at the same time like my little baby queer heart is you know by the end of high school developing like a little crush on some friends but not really realizing that that's what that is like things like that happening that yeah. at the time I didn't really flag as queer but looking back I'm like oh yeah I, I felt differently about that person than my other friends right totally and it's weird too yeah there's something about because I also went I went to catholic school um uh, when it was like uniformed and and something about like the taboo, like they were very overtly like, don't don't be gay, you'll go to hell sort of thing. And also had the weird sort of misogyny and gender performance of like, and boys play football and girls mm. wave pom poms kind of thing. Mm. So like just knowing how taboo my sexual desires were just made them a hotter to be honest and you can ask my therapist about that that's true and also uh made that made me just want them more because they were so forbidden so something where it's like you can't even touch your crush mm -hmm. it just like steams it up oh yeah oh yeah Damn. and like there was rumors there was rumors of relationships there was like in grade 12, we had a, what it was called a grad common room. So in the basement, we had like this big room with our lockers and couches and TVs and stuff, like a place to hang out yeah. when you were in class. And like people cuddling and spooning on the couches, like just, and you oh, know, yeah. like oh, I yeah. just remember that being like, I'm 
Am I looking? I'm not looking. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Remember this. <laughs> Why do I want to look at them so badly? I'm confused. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's where like the it's the the behind the knowledge of what's happening, something instinctual knows mm-hmm. like I'm responding to this, but I don't mm-hmm. have the language for it or even a th- mm-hmm. the thought for it maybe. Mm-hmm. So by yeah. the time Tia dropped out of that air duct into your classroom, yeah. you were just like a pressure cooker, just like yeah. ready for someone to give you permission to uh, watch, I guess, and, th- yeah. and feel. Yeah. Like show, give you a path or show you, Show you the menu almost being like, this is, these are the options. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Did you even know, did you know that we serve these things? (laughs) Like barely. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Right. After a life of, of, uh, uh, TV dinners. Is that where I want to go with that? Limited options. (laughs) Very. (laughs) Very. Well, that's real spicy. And then I guess that, that sports you talked about briefly, you skipped over, uh, was mm. it school or was that outside? It was at school, but it was also outside of school. I played like with uh, competitive clubs for hockey and soccer. Yes. yes. Um, and, you know, that was a big part of my life. It was very intense. It was very time consuming. It was outside of school. Basically, all we did was play hockey and train and whatever. Right. Um, and... You know, when you're younger in the hockey environment, it's not such a thing. But as you get older, like there starts to be a lot more sort of, I don't know, not like sexual energy, but something between teammates or with people. And and then the age groups start to get bigger. So like when I was in grade 10, you play with people up until grade 12. And then you go to hockey camps with people who are in university and exposes you to older people who are like be, living their big gay lives right. that I wasn't aware of. And I'm like, what? This is, yeah. this is a thing. And sort of learning about that aspect of sports and also mm-hmm. like university sports. It, I just remember being like, like another sort of, Oh, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, this is making more and more sense as I'm getting a- more and more exposed to people. A hundred percent. And that's an age too, I think, where even like a year or two years can make such a big difference, like yeah. A, in bodies, the the time you develop, but also mm-hmm. like be acting like an adult and feeling agent, having agency and things like that, where suddenly you're like, yeah, I'm uh, queer and I'm not sorry about it. Where yeah. to like someone a year younger, you're like, what? Yeah. That's and just so thinking like conversations like that. I just remember being at hockey camps and being like, like hanging out with the older kids and them just talking about things and being like not ashamed of it and someone being just like yeah I'm gay and them being so just comfortable with their identity Mm -hmm. and as the like like 15 year old or 14 year old that I was I'm like oh my god I've never met someone like that I've never been around someone like that and that's important too like you said because I mean we're joking about a lot of things and of course like this sensationalist aspects of coming out those like lightning rods can mm. be like the push you need sometimes, but it's also really empowering to start to see people who don't sensationalize there or that experience is not sensationalized for them. So people mm. aren't like, here's my lesbian friend or like, here's mm-hmm. my whatever. It's just like, here's a person. They also identify as queer or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. let's go, you know, uh, play hockey or whatever it is you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pretty sports, much. sports stuff. Exactly. I love yeah. that. Um, well, listen, this has been enlightening for me. Very interesting, very titillating, I think, for some of our listeners and viewers, if you're watching live. And the time is coming soon where I have to let you go. But before I do, do you want to play a game? Absolutely, I do. Great. That's really the only answer I'd accept. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Queerer, Queerist. Okay. The rules are very simple. I'm going to give you three things. You have to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Okay. Any questions? No. Shoot. Great. Great. (laughs) Shoot. Here we go. Thing number one. Animals that kill their mate after sex. For example, the praying mantis, I believe, does this. Okay. Uh, Okay. Thing number two. Oscar Mayer's Lunchables. You know Lunchables? Oh, I do. I feel like I existed on them. Perfect. Then you can relate. These sort of stencil cut meats, cheeses, and crackers Mm -hmm. with little to no nutritional value. You could probably speak to this better than I could, even though I Mm -hmm. ate many. Thing number three. The 1998 feature-length internet provider commercial called You've Got Mail, uh, a film with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah, Are you familiar with the film? I'm familiar with it, but I don't know if I've seen it. That's okay. So real quick, it's adapted from a play. Uh, Then later was made into a film in the 40s, but basically was remade into a Nora Ephron romantic comedy in 1998, where it's like a meet cute with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, where they like pass on the street, but they don't know that they're secretly like arch nemeses because they own different bookstores. And it's like a class struggle, but she's cute and she's got like feathered hair and Steve Zahn is her bookshop assistant and they like hate each other and love each other the whole movie. And then of course they fall in love. But it's all like a sponsorship through AOL, that early internet provider. So that's why the movie's called You've Got Mail. It was actually a sponsorship with AOL. It 100% because the whole thing was like, they're always chatting about things. They're always on AOL Messenger. So yeah, shout out to our sponsor, AOL. Are they still, do they still make anything? Who knows where they are? They used to send you CDs in the mail. How's AOL doing? Has anybody checked on (laughs) AOL? (laughs) Anyone, what are the price of AOL stocks? Is that where we should be putting our money right now? (laughs) The new Bitcoin. That's the new Bitcoin. (laughs) You heard it here first by AOL. Uh, So anyway, it was a rom-com through like heavily sponsored, very cute, you know, America's prince and princess, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan at their cutest. Yeah. uh, But also like an annoying mistaken identity thing. So in conclusion, because you're stalling and I respect that as a tactic, but enough. The three things are (laughs) animals that kill their mate after sex. Oscar Mayer's Lunchables. Mm -hmm. The 1998 feature-length internet provider commercial, You've Got Mail, starring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, least queer to most queer, and why? Put me on the spot. Okay, I feel like, I feel torn, because I feel like it could go either way with this, or I could go either way with this, but the internet relationship back and forth on AOL feels very queer to me. Okay, so wait, are we going queerest? (laughs) 
straight out of the gate? No, I think I'm just going to talk it through first. Okay, yeah, yeah. To find that talk Praying Mantis feels both very queer and also very straight at the same time. <laughs> for what? Very for body queer type? Because... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no. Was that, like... are you reading me right now? <laughs> I'm lean, but I'm strong, okay? okay. Yeah. Free to move. Um, very queer because I could see that some intensity in queer relationships that you could just want to eat your partner because you just want them all that could be very queer but on the other side it could just be a situation where you're just done with that partner <laughs> I feel like that is my straight relationship if I could have just ate them and get it done with that I would have ended that relationship with my first year boyfriend that way that's right okay <laughs> it's that, and then there's no yeah there's no body there's no trail okay no there's nothing <laughs> Lunchables feel really solidly in the middle for me. And I think just we all grew up eating Lunchables. Maybe yeah. even the gays more than the straights. I don't know. But it seems pretty gay to me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> just a sense. Just a sixth sense with yeah, that one. Something about it. It's very like as it's very fastidious as a, a cis male who grew up as gay identifying in the recesses of my mind something about yeah. the neat quality of that Ew, yeah. meal felt like it was within my control I was not threatened by that food yeah everything had its little place that's right that was a nice element but I it's very... ate a lot of the pizza ones oh yes that was like, it was my... like a little like um like a ketchup bag a squeeze of sauce <laughs> so gross but also just to raise a counterpoint for a devil's advocacy it, it's like people trying to fit in holes, which is like the definition of the heteropatriarchy. I guess so. Yeah. But you could go either way. You know, you're right. <laughs> and I'm not here to challenge you. I'm just here to, you know. To, so I think to, I'm going to choose the praying mantis to be the least. Oh, if you're a baby well, queer and you just want to eat your boyfriend, that's pretty gay. <laughs> that's pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay change my mind that is the most queer <laughs> i'm actually gonna put you've got mail in second place Whoa. and put lunch bowls in last for a queer for, so when last i okay you're taking my my terms and flipping them so least oh. queer <laughs> it's fine i'm just so excited least queer is lunchables yes middle qu queer queerer is you've got mail yeah queer wrist is uh, killing your mate after sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you say it that way, I, it sounds like a problem, but we know what we mean. We do. I love this. Okay, so let me check because as you can tell, this is a very scientific test and there are, I have to do some, uh, some calculations. Okay. One, two, three. Congratulations, you win. We froze. Oh, the dramatic tension got destroyed. Wait, let's do that moment again. Okay. You win. Oh, yeah. you're still not going to do anything? No. Oh, I thought you reacted. Do okay. What? Oh, God. This is a disaster. <laughs> Cancel the show. Okay. So you win, and you are, in fact, a queer person. Congratulations, A.K. Oh, McKellar. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Science doesn't That's lie. to be honored this way. That's right. Now you know for sure. Tell that boyfriend... The jury is <laughs> not out. The jury is in. <laughs> final. That's Officially final queer. Yeah. That's right. That's what this is for. Um, so thank you so much. This was uh, a joy.
for me, a rage-filled joy. And before I let you go, and I don't want to, anything you want to plug? Oh my goodness. Um, I, I suppose I'll share a little bit about the community that I've built called Free to Move, yes. which is an online movement platform for queer folks. We are a body inclusive space, which means that we are chronic illness friendly. We love every kind of body type, imaginable, chronic pain friendly. Um, as you mentioned, Trevor, in your intro, I am a chronic illness advocate, advocating for people with chronic illness, not to have a chronic illness necessarily for everyone. Thank you for clarifying that. I absolutely laughed. So hard. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. But yes, um, what you're doing is very important. Yes. But um, when I first started doing this, I felt really scared to be serving both a queer community and a chronic illness, chronic pain community, because I thought how there, there can't be that many people like me. When it turns out there are. So if uh, anyone out there who's watching or listening is looking for a supportive movement and wellness community that's totally non-diet and community-oriented and super inclusive, uh, feel free to check us out. Yes, amazing. Uh, as I said, I first got introduced to Freedom Move through Instagram and watching your community grow, it was so exciting uh, and so positive. And as someone who loved things like that growing up or wanted to like sports or do things like that but felt like there was no place for me in it or had a you know weird levels of ability or also wanted to kiss a lot of the people I was playing sports with it was very confusing mm -hmm. and to have a community like that or options like that is so uh vital it's yeah. really cool yeah. So where can they and find you? What's the URL? What's the Instagram? The URL is befreetomove.ca. That's where you can find us on the World Wide Web, I believe, oh, as they call it. And if you're <laughs> using AOL's browser, it's the same URL. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, does anybody call it that anymore? <laughs> um, on Instagram, my Instagram is ak.mckeller. Um, and we also have a brand new Be Free to Move Instagram, Instagram which is be.freetomove. Um, so you can check us out there as well. Yes, I love it. Please do that. Please, even if you think you've already got all your fitness needs covered, it's such a cool community, as AK said, and there's really something there for a lot of people. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to one of our uh, watchers, our viewers of this live show who said, my friend said Lunchables are not fancy enough to be gay, which there's a lot to unpack there. I was going to say there's a lot of meat there, but Lunchables oh famously <laughs> low on meat. <laughs> plastic filled meat but that is juicy uh so ak thank you so much it's been a real treat for me to to talk to you this way um to connect with you after being a fan of yours for so long and thank you for having me oh, oh my god more. it was it was my pleasure i did a weird thing where i stopped talking but it sounded like i was gonna say more so i'll <laughs> say more which is uh <laughs> i was pretty queer when this conversation started but talking to you about what made you queer has made me queerer than ever. I'm so glad to hear that. And then just shout out to Tia from Canada's Next Top Model. Let's just, you know, raise a glass. To Let's raise a glass to Tia. May your whatever career, your industry you're in now be long and fruitful, whether it's still modeling or maybe you've moved into multi-level marketing. 
Maybe you're selling you Tupperware from your living room. Tia, no, no shade. Send me a DM on Instagram if Tia or any of Tia's friends or cousins or neighbors twice removed see this. I would love <laughs> to thank them for being my gay fairy godmother in Bible and Western culture. <laughs> Perfect. That's the place for it. And also, you will be hearing from AK's lawyers regarding reparations for making them <laughs> queer. That's just part of it. It's part of it. So now Absolutely. what I would do normally on the show is over the outro music, uh, read my credits, but I can't do that. So if you have um, maybe a harmonica or a pan flute nearby, maybe you would just like to tap a rhythm on something. I'm going to read the closing credits. Okay, go for it. Okay. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> Here we go. You Made Me Queer is created, produced, and edit. You're not making any music. I... <laughs> I thought my I ask was clear. I think you were serious. <laughs> okay. You know what? You're probably right, and I respect you. You Made Me Queer is created, produced, and edited by me, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by Critty. For more from music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram handle and Twitter handle are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every th other Thursday on the Sonar Network. We love the Sonar Network. Thank you for hosting this. And from the bottom of my and AK's big bent hearts, thank you for listening. Until next time, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault. Queer, 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 All right, and that's our show. So, as always, you can email me at youmademequeer at gmail.com. Send me your You Made Me Queer story. Send a question. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast for the reasons I tell you every time. Let me be your star. What? That's a Smash reference, which surprised me as much as it surprised you. Just a reminder that you can catch my You Made Me Queer spin-off show, This Week Made Me Queer, on our YouTube channel, You Made Me Queer TV. Each episode, I do a tight five, more like eight, of the week's weirdest and queerest news. It's very weird. It's very strange. There's a lot of green screen trickery. If you like this podcast, I think you might like it. If you don't like this podcast, you also might like it because there are things to watch and distract you. And you're not just listening to my B-plus glottal fry. I hope you have a wonderful Halloween or All Hallows' Eve. Uh, also, Day of the Dead, Coupon Day at Bulk Barn. A lot of things to celebrate. Do as you will. And in the meantime, cue credits you made me queers created produced and edited by me trevor campbell our theme song is by critty for more for music check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com our website is youmademequeer.com our instagram and twitter handles are at youmademequeer new episodes of you made me queer come out every other thursday and from the bottom of my big bent heart thank you so much for listening until next time remember we're here we're queer and it's your fault